Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On SENSI, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Another Wednesday afternoon, another Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. In Studio Lumo, Jared Walsh here with Dan Menzel. Menz, I don't know what to make of the host plus Sandful League anymore. You can't predict anything. There's pouring rain, Norwood are winning games. What is happening? Hello. Hello, Walshy. It's great to be here. It's uh, it's the season we're having. It's so hard to predict. We spoke only a couple of weeks ago and said, will Norwood win a game this year? Obviously, they have done that and they've won two in a row. And uh, amazingly, they are two games out of the top five, which we'll get into the latter shortly, but um, just shows the evenness of this competition. Now, before we get into the footy, it's going to be a theme of the Sample Show today. Um, on breakfast this morning with Mark Bickley, we spoke about fantails, how they are no more. Everyone's panic buying them. And we were a little bit flat about this. I wanted to ask you your favorite confectionery or your favorite lolly. What is it? Yeah, look, I if I'm going to Lolly, I'd go your Daryl Lee strawberry licorice. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have always loved that. Um, but in terms of a chocolate, I'm a bit left of field here, and I get some interesting reactions. Morrows. I love Morrows. Are they – they're the ones which are kind of like – a Mars bar, but not right. It's kind of yep. like the, the Mars bar that didn't really end up being that good. So people don't realize, but Morrow's are Mars bars with Cadbury coated chocolate around the outside. Really? So they should be elite, but people obviously Ooh. love, and and maybe the texture slightly different, um, yes. but people obviously love the Mars chocolate as well. So that's why I love the Cadbury, the Morrow, Cadbury Morrow. What about that's you? That's a great call. So um, locally, I like going across to Hague's and getting some caramel chocs. But I'm a night eater, men's. So I'll wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and if I'm really hydrated, I'll go to the bathroom, then I'll wash my hands, and then I'll go to the fridge, and then I'll eat chocolate. And then I'll wake up, and the chocolate all in the bed. Like, I've had some incidents before <laughs> where my daughter would come into my room and go, Daddy, what happened in the middle of the night? Because there's chocolate all in the bed. And, hey, I, and you are asleep. You're not asleep when you're doing this. Well, I'm kind of asleep. Yeah. So I have some idea what I'm doing, but I will eat chocolate. So it's the... Caramel chocs, I like chocolate bullets, the licorice logs, um, and I do like fantails or whatever Chico's are called now. They've changed yes. the name, whatever. Um, but, yeah, if you get lollies in front of me, I'm nonstop. Um, I sound a bit fluey. I was crook on the weekend, and I ate a whole packet of the sour kind of gummy bears. Yeah, you go through phases with the sours. Absolutely, yep. until your tongue kind of burns <laughs> <you> off. <laughs> That's great. So I'm glad we can share that. Um, today on the show, we're going to speak with the head coach of the Sturt Football Club, Marty Matt, and we'll ask him. And also, um, we're going to have West Adelaide defender, in the studio today, studio. Josh Ryan, which is awesome. An in-studio guest where he does some amazing stuff off the field too, I want to ask him about. But let's get into the weekend review. Writing your performance review, it says more about me than you. It's morally defeating and often misleading, but this is the best we can do. So here we go. Mens, let me just ask you, because you're going to talk about your game against Centrals. Was it as disgusting as it looked 
Uh, it certainly was. Uh, it was a Channel 7 game too, which uh, you don't love. Because, the parts you could see. Yeah, correct. And it was a standalone game on the Saturday as well, and uh, it was just puddles everywhere. So it's one of those games that you you put down and you go, we're certainly not going to reflect back on that one or look back on that one in the future fondly. So Central's too good at home, as they have been majority of their games this year. They're five from six at home this season. So... They kept rolling. Cisco seven forty three to four goals two twenty six. I think the way I described it after the game and speaking with a couple of my teammates is, any time there is two hundred and forty tackles in a game, it's not going to be a great spectacle of footy to watch. And yeah, the weather is going to be horrific, which it was. I want to mention something that you reflected on because I think it's a really good point. Do you look at that game and just go, "That's irrelevant. We're not going to play that kind of conditions uh, uh, again." Um, at the back end of the year. So you need to kind of walk away from it and go, let's just put this in the back of our minds because uh, those conditions were crazy. They were crazy. Uh, and I won't jump ahead because you predicted a little bit uh, of maybe something I didn't like from the weekend, but um, it is something that you certainly, you're not going to play. We played at Adelaide over the week before. In those two games were so different yeah. and you're never going to see that again. So it's not something that you spend a lot of time on. I noticed that too. Um, when walking across Prospect at the women's grand final, and I know that they had the the state champs or whatever, the carnival over um, that weekend too, the difference between walking on some suburban grounds and walking on Adelaide Oval, there's a stark difference. Like, it's ridiculous. Adelaide Oval is like a bowling green compared to some of our ovals around Adelaide. And that's obviously with budget and maintenance and things like that. But I can understand why players look forward to playing on Adelaide Oval. Yeah, without a doubt. And it depends on the way your team plays as well. And the example I'll give is the Adelaide Crows, a lot of their guys or all of their guys train at Amy Stadium at Westlakes yeah. on a very good deck. And they play on AFL grounds. So when they play at Adelaide Oval, they're used to it. They're used to playing those um, conditions. Whereas if they play on a really muddy prospect, as you said, it should not suit their game style and game plan as much. Whereas other teams adapt to it and are used to playing at those grounds. Okay. Now we know that Norwood got the job done against Port Adelaide by seven points and Sturt remain at top of the table, uh, a 16-point win over North Adelaide. We've got to find out what you liked from the weekend, men. So what I like is last year's Premier's Nord got challenged on the weekend and they are finally starting to stand up. They were down seven goals to four at the half. Now, over the opening two months of this season, they would have rolled over. But they are starting to roll now and they're starting to build and they ground out a really impressive win over Port Adelaide to take their season to two wins on the trot. And as we spoke with Matt Nunn about last week, finals is still the goal and they are only two games out of the top five right now. And a win at home is always a good thing to do because the way that they started this season, losing the first couple of games at home, it was important for their fans that have been out there supporting them to give them a little bit of faith. It certainly was. And I had a little chuckle with them because I might have mentioned this a few weeks ago, but in round one, the Eagles took on Norwood at Norwood Oval and, and at Cooper Stadium. And I remember one of their fans sitting in front of us said, I reckon we'll probably only lose two or three games for this whole season. Yeah. So for them to have their first win at home, the fans there, it's been coming in for a little while now. Let's hope that person's still going to the games <laughs> as well. Bad to the bone. 
What didn't you like from the weekend of footy? Well, we alluded to this a little bit in the opener. Was I've never seen torrential rain at Elizabeth like I did on Saturday. Uh, I have spoke with people in the past, having spent some time at Central Districts. One of the assistant coaches there always said, never rains here, never rains at this place. And I always thought, this guy, does he know what he's on about? And it never did. And I was like, he actually knows what he's on about. And, and I went there on Saturday. It was horrendous conditions. And plain and simply for my Eagles boys, we didn't adapt as well as Central's did to the conditions. We tried to play wet, uh, dry weather footy Sorry, at times, and Central's handled the conditions much better. And that was the difference in the game. And so we just got the game plan a little bit wrong, the Eagles did on the weekend, in terms of how to play in those torrential conditions. Here's one of my naive, silly questions before we take a break with Marty Matt not too far away. Do you change your socks at halftime or change your Guernsey or change your undies because it's so waterlogged? Uh, it's certainly one that players have done in the past. Uh, I don't think any of our guys did that on the weekend. However, I did have the thought walking in at half time, do I put a long sleeve on for the second half? Mm. Would have been a dry Guernsey, but I also thought, is that some sign of weakness or some sign of I'm a bit cold now, guys, at half time, I'm going to put a long sleeve Guernsey on. I didn't do it, um, but it's just maybe the optics probably, I thought, is probably not the greatest look. What do you yeah. think? Uh, well, I think you were preventing pneumonia. <laughs> because it was freezing and I think you were doing the right thing. But you're also going to get sledge no matter what you do because you are playing against your former team. So nothing you could have done would have worked in your favour on the weekend. <laughs> no, and it didn't go that well either. And we didn't as a team. So it wouldn't have been uh, probably a great idea. And I didn't do it, which I'm glad with. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Marty Matt next on the Sandful Show on SEN. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Jared Walsh and Dan Menzel here with you. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. And Menz, it has been a big show so far. Not too far away, we are going to catch up with West Adelaide defender Josh Ryan, who's going to join us live in Studio Lumo. It has been an outstanding year for the Double Blues in 2023. 9-1 at the moment with an outstanding percentage as well. And we've spoken to this man already this season as they were approaching the year. But... Surely he's very happy right now as the head coach of Sturt, Marty Matner. Good afternoon to you, Marty. What a brilliant start to the season. We know job is not done, but you must be pretty pleased with where you're at right now. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're very pleased. I guess if you said we're going to be nine and one at halfway mark of the year, we'd, we'd take that definitely. So, um, yeah, there's been, been some really you know, tough wins in there. Um, yeah, against Glenelg was probably one we don't really. Um, I guess one loop in the in the radar, but um, yeah, other than that, we've been pretty happy with how we're going, and now it's a real challenge for the back end of the year. So, Marty, on the weekend you had some really tricky conditions. Uh, it was rather windy at Wigan Oval. You kicked six goals, five in the third quarter. So, what was the message at half time, which effectively came played out and and came off and uh, and blew the game wide open? Yeah, it was probably just we we played some really good in the first half. I think the two six at quarter time. Um, so we. We sort of had enough opportunities in terms of in front of goal. We probably, you know, didn't quite execute well enough. Second quarter again, we had opportunities. We probably didn't get execute that probably last kick going inside four fifty. But in general, I thought we were playing really good footy and, and how we wanted to play. So I was pretty much the boys just keep going how we're going, and it'll turn and it'll come at some stage in a deal in that in that third quarter. So. That was a pleasing thing. Um, and in the last quarter, um, yeah, we were able to then, you know, play some pretty good footy again and then hold on. And um, even though 
more came late. Um, it, was, it was another really good win. When you have a look back at the season to date so far, Marty, where can the team improve? I mean, you have a look at how close the Sandful competition is in 2023. I mean, any kind of edge that you can get over your opponent is going to be paramount when it comes to finals time. So where can improvements be made? Oh, yeah, I mean, I guess with us, it's probably in most teams, it's the consistency um, over the games as well. Like we've been... Pretty good most games. We've had a couple of slow starts. Um, but I think just in general, just you know, we can get a bit better offense, um, as always. Um, and we can also you know, get a little bit better with that defense. I think our contest has been pretty good all year, um, which has been pleasing. Um, but, yeah, there's a couple of areas we can get better. And, and I think just getting some consistency. We've had a few injuries and a few players missing over the last month as well. So hopefully with this week off and getting those players back now that we can get some consistency in the group, which we did probably have for the first five or six weeks, um, which is always nice as well to have some consistency in your team. Um, but we've been able to blood some new players over the last few weeks as well, which is pleasing. So Marty, I want to ask you about, you mentioned it before, the Glenelg game, the one loss you've had this year. How much of that do you put down as an aberration um, and move on? or And how much of it is a learning tool? Uh, yeah, that's, that's been the hard one to, I guess, really, I guess, knuckle down. And I think it is. Like, I think it really was. We On the weekend, I thought we played some really good footy. Um, you know, we had 117 marks in the wet and we controlled the tempo of the game pretty well. So... Yeah, I, I just think it was one of those games. We had a few outs. It probably didn't help. Um, we, you know, some some of our footy wasn't great the way we played. I thought um, Glenelg played really well, and it's probably the best I've seen a team play for the first three quarters in a long time. Um, they were, you know, they were moving the ball well. They defended well. Um, but I also think that, you know, it's just one of those things that just, you know, it's just one of those footy games where we weren't great. They were really good, um, and yeah, it showed in the scoreboard. But yeah, it's, it's, it was a really hard one to put a finger on exactly what went wrong that day. But I think last week we got back on the you know the way we want to play and it was really good to see the players respond. So I want to ask you about a couple of the players this season. A couple of your recruits, McFadgen and uh, Marty Frederick, really come into this team and uh, lit up the competition. McFadgen with his inset marking and Frederick running dash. Uh, you must be really pleased with how seamless they've fitted in. Yeah, they have. And they've been really good for the group. Uh, Marty's... Again, giving us something we probably haven't had for a little while is some outside speed and some running carry. And, and Connor's been great in terms of the intercept marking and um, you know been able to use the ball and, and sort of taking a bit of pressure off, I guess, guys like Guy Page and um, Henry Carey and Casey Voss in terms of trying to move the ball a little bit as well. So um, Connor's been he took some really good intercept marks on the weekend and getting a lot, getting a fair bit of the ball through the midfield, which is nice, and helping Casey out and, and has had our ball movement. So that's been pleasing. And, yeah, like I said, Marty's been great. just been able to give some outside run um, to the group and, and something different, like I said, something we don't really have on the wing and be able to run and carry all day, which has been great. Marty, you can answer this question any way that you like, but do you breathe a <laughs> do you do you breathe a sigh of relief after the mid season draft because your your team isn't disrupted too much? Obviously, what what comes with having such a successful first half of the season is you, your players get put under the spotlight. You had a handful of players playing for the West End State team, and there's a chance then that some AFL clubs will go, yeah, we might just take them for the rest of the season, and then that's great for them, but it also disrupts your season. So as much as you want your players to do well, do you breathe a sigh of relief that your squad isn't too badly messed up? 
Yeah, well, I guess the best way to explain it is you sort of hope for the best. You hope that you get players drafted because that's what the players want to do. Yeah. And you're also planning for what happens if you do get someone taken. You're sort of planning in your mind about, you know, someone, who it is and who's going to replace them and how you're going to, do you change your game plan if it's, you know, an important player or someone who, you know, plays a certain role or do you just keep going on and bring the next player in? So I guess that's the best way to explain it is, you know, we, we hope the players get drafted and that's, you know, reason why I guess Connor and um, Marty Frederick came to the club was they wanted to get back into the AFL system. And we've got players like Tommy Lewis and a few others as well. But yeah, you sort of plan for that, but also, you know, planning for if they do go, what are we going to do? Are we going to change things? Are we going to keep things the same and just bring in another player? So um, that's probably the best way to explain it, I think. And speaking of the draft, I mean, the, the AFL world's talking about Jed McEntee and his impact on the Port Adelaide Football Club. He's, he's come from your club. Are we seeing something that you've known for a very long time about not only his application and his dedication, but also what sort of a footballer he can turn out to be? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I sort of saw it when I first got back to Sturt. Um, and that was probably one thing we we saw. Jed was probably a, a midfielder at Sturt, um, but we then also realised that if he was going to get drafted, he was probably going to be as a small pressure forward or that you know high half forward. So um, you know we talked about we talked to him about you know his aspirations to get drafted, and he was really keen to to do that. So we decided then that we'd sort of play him a bit more half forward and a bit of midfield, I guess. So you know it's that balance of us trying to play him in the midfield to make us better, but also him to play forward to be able to um you know showcase his potential there and then yeah he was great great he got drafted and he found some really good footy now having a real impact and and playing a really good role at Port in a in a great team in a, in a quality team that's in top of the ladder now marty one more player i want to ask you about is josh hone he's kicked 24 goals from the 10 games this season and he's coming second in the ken farmer medal so how has he taken his game to such an elite level this season uh, yeah, I think oh, I think there's a few different things that he had a great preseason. Um, he also probably now is he's the leader of the forward line as well. He's the oldest player there, most experienced player, one of the most experienced players at the club as well. Um, and he's just been really great this preseason in terms of engagement with the young guys and, and teaching and learning them. But um, I think he's also decided that you know he's a great player and he sort of put the forward line on his back and is carrying him now. And, even the last two weeks, you know, playing on Martini and Spinner, I think are probably two of the best small defenders in the comp. Um, you know, he's still been able to kick goals and, you know, provide an option up forward for us as well. So, yeah, he's just taking his game to another level this year through, I think, multiple different things. Um, but it's pleasing to see because he's always been a very good player. He's probably just been a little inconsistent um, and, you know, big learning curve this year in terms of, I said, being a leader of the forward line, which has been great. He certainly has been. And so the planning now for the last eight weeks of the season, you're four games clear and percentage of fourth position on the table. So it means that you're almost certainly going to get that double chance. So the question is, how much consideration goes into resting, into freshening up players, into trialling things in the back half of the season? Yeah, so I guess in terms of probably our next, we sort of break it up into blocks we do at the club in terms of our buys. So in terms of resting players, I don't think we'll have to rest too many. The buys are sort of full, and especially for us, in pretty good blocks. So I think the longest we've had is a five-game block, um, which has been very, very nice in terms of giving players a rest in that period. So I think in terms of that, we've had a few guys out injured and 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 not great, but suspensions as well, which has <laughs> allowed a few players to have some breaks. So um, we probably, yeah, in terms of resting players, we probably won't need to. 
um, but we will if we do. Um, I guess our next goal is, yeah, we probably you know need one more win to guarantee a final spot, and then we probably need another three or four to guarantee a top three. So we'll probably work towards those two goals um, over the next you know block, which is a four week block um, after this buy. And then once we once we sort of hopefully we can tick those two goals off, and then we can have a look at if we're still in the run for you know top spot or um, you know fighting it out. But that's probably our next little period is breaking it up and trying to and in terms of changing things, probably not much. Um, you know we probably as I said before we still need to be a little bit more consistent, um, you know, and and still work on parts of our game. But we're probably not going to change too much. It's probably just keep and, and trying to blood a few new players as well, which we've been able to do over the last couple of weeks. Marty, we appreciate your time. Just before we let you go, it's been a really emotional day here in Studio Lumo because we have discovered the news that fantails are going to be no more across Australia. What is your no. go-to lolly? Uh, what's your favourite? If you are going to be sitting down and watching footy over the weekend or you got some in your office or the coach's box, what's your go-to lolly? Uh, I don't mind a fantail, but probably a Redskins, or the Red Rippers now they are. Yes. Sorry, I shouldn't say Redskins. The Red Rippers now, they're my favourite. They are um, very good. Yeah, I love the Red Ripper. No, we like that. Uh, and we like what you're doing, mate. We, we've loved the access that you've been able to give us to yourself and your football club. And we saw that uh, Gather Round has announced the ideal venues over the next couple of years. And hopefully um, you get one at your home club as well because um, it's a, a fantastic place to go and watch the footy. So um, good luck for the rest of the season. I'm sure we'll speak to you before then. But thanks for your time this afternoon on SENSA. Thanks, guys. He's a ripper, Marty Matner. Um, and we're so lucky, like all the coaches that we speak to, um, there's there's no one that's challenging to talk to. And they're, they're such good ambassadors of their club as well. No, they are. They are very good ambassadors. Uh, they are across the whole footy program. So they have their hands in everything. And um, Marty's got that program running so well. I moment. can say that because you don't play, I don't play football, so I don't play against any of these coaches. So I can just be Switzerland and sit on the fence and say everyone's awesome. Yes. <laughs> Which is very nice. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. I mean, I love Adam Hartlett, which is great because if I said anything otherwise, I'd be a little bit scared. Uh, next, we're going to speak to one of his players as well from West Adelaide. It is Josh Ryan on the Sandful Show on SENSA. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Sure doesn't. Split round. We'll get to Dan Menzel's tips, uh, power rankings, and a little bit of a deep dive very soon as well. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League on this Wednesday afternoon in Studio Lumo and uh, Men's. I'm very much looking forward to our next guest because it's live in Studio Lumo, this interview is happening and this next gentleman is not only a graphic designer, but an ambassador for Diabetes SA and has developed an app. And I've said nothing about football here because I've done some real deep diving myself. This, this is great research. We'll get to that stuff in a moment, but also a representative of the West Adelaide Footy Club, who I think we all agree we like to see Westies doing well because they've struggled for so long. And Adam Hartlett, who is a friend of the show, we like to see Hearts doing well. They're from a good family. Hamish Hartlett kicked the first goal of the game at Adelaide Oval a few weeks ago and almost injured himself again, which is good for Hammer. Um, Josh Ryan, thank you for joining us on the Sandful Show. Mate, it's great to have you in here. You're a big unit, mate. How how big are your feet uh, well first of all thanks for having me boys um well i reckon i'm about 13 and a half 
How big yeah. are your feet? Now I'm, uh, I'm 11, so that ain't half quite big. Yeah, and what's your favourite lolly? We're asking people today. We spoke to Marty Matna because of the fantails being out of business. What's your favourite lolly? Yeah, I heard about that. Um, favourite lolly? I don't mind like the Starburst. Oh yeah, um, yeah. The pink. Do they even do them anymore? Oh well, you got to go to you got to go to like the supermarkets. Yeah, because some supermarkets have it. Um, like yeah, you can't buy them in Coles and Woolies. Yeah, correct. And you were saying the pink, the strawberry pink, one. Yeah, lo- yeah, love the pink. Yeah, colors. I'm with you on that. Oh. They, and they always had the the least amount of the pink ones in the packet. Yeah. Yep. Incredible. So yeah. we, we don't need to talk footy. Let's talk about <laughs> lollies and stuff. Um, no, we'll get to the other stuff very soon, but um, we are grateful that you're here, mate, because um, we love the journey of West Adelaide. It's been a, a challenge for a while. You're um, you're approaching almost 100 games over the next few seasons, which is great for you, and a lot of them have been losses. So to have a season where there's been a handful of wins, I'm sure it's a, a different feeling at the club. Uh, yeah, um, it has you know been a bit tough last couple of years. I um, haven't had as many wins as you know what the club or myself would have liked. Um, but I think this year, you know, with our new coach with Hearts, Adam Hartler coming on board, he's you know really drove um, his his new direction that he wants us to to take. And you know, I think we made a bit of a de- decision last year to start playing a lot of our young guys, and um, they've played really well so far. They're learning every every game, and you know, like you said, I think we've only got a couple now. I think Hamish Allen's got his fiftieth this week, and so that'll only be I think myself and. Uh, and Hamish with the only two players in the in the team right now who's played over 50 games. So wow. Staggering, isn't it? That's yeah. epic. How many players would you have at the Eagles that would have played over 50 games? That's almost half your list, isn't it? Yeah, we would have, uh, in terms of sample, we'd probably have seven or eight. But in saying that, we'd have got a lot of guys that have played a- AFL footy. And if you combine those AFL games yeah. slash VFL games and sample games, then, yeah, it's a lot more than that. So, Interesting, and you made the point there, and we, we spoke with Hearts earlier in the year, and you talked about how young the team is. You're three and six at the halfway point. Um, and again, it's not all about the wins and losses, but surely that's a success so far to this yeah. point of the season. Um, I, I think so. I think, you know, to have three wins already and, you know, a couple wins against some good teams as well in South Adelaide yep. and, and North Adelaide, you know, it's is really pleasing for us. And, you know, I guess we kind of started a little bit slow, but I think our last couple of weeks we've, played some really good footy and um, we're taking it up against most teams that we've played against um, already this season. And, you know, we've got another big test this week um, against the Bays who are in some obviously great form and probably the best team in the comp at the moment. So, you know, we're looking forward to a good test um, down at home against them. And, um, you know, if we can get yeah a few more wins to for the second half of the year, I think, you know, um, we'll be in pretty good stead going forward. And um, obviously with Hearts um, in his first year and multiple years, I think, um, to come, you know, I think the the footy club's in a pretty good position going forward. I think it certainly is heading in the right direction. And if we have a look at your last month, you're two and two in the last month of footy. You just lost to Sturt away by under a goal, which is an incredible performance with how they're going. And you beat Norwood and North, so you touched on the wins against some decent sides. And Norwood's obviously on the way up with a couple of wins. What's the element of the team and the group that's been the strength over that past month yeah. of footy? I think we're just, you know. Uh, we're taking care of the footy, I think, a lot more. Um, we're trying to play to our strengths, which is our speed, um, and yeah, trying to move the ball as, qu- as quickly as we can, and and just trying to score. I think I think the last couple of years, you know, we've been a little bit low um, yep. with our scoring and um, and all that, and obviously our team defenses as well. We're trying to you know be a hard team to to play against and really be hard to score against um, as well. So I think there have been two really important factors that we've um, really built um, this season. 
And I think you know, our last month we've really shown and really improved in, in those areas, especially you know, our defensive as well. Last three weeks we've you know, had oppositions opposed from your boys, men's Eagles, they kind of touched us up a bit. But um, you know, against Sturt and, and North Adelaide, we've really brought that team defence and that'll be very important uh, you know, this week against Glen Alk, who are, I think they're probably the best offensive team. <laughs> Yeah, I only kicked 150 points last week, so I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Um, (laughs) Can I ask you a question about leadership? Because I know that you love leadership. Um, To have such an inexperienced team that you're a part of, as as you mentioned, a a couple of players over 50 games, a part of me feels it's a really good thing because it means that um, young aspiring leaders can stand up without having to announce themselves as captain or vice captain, but it's a show of a collective group that everyone can be a leader, even if they don't officially have that position. And this means you have a clear pathway to the next five years or next decade where you'll look back and go, we've actually experienced our growth together as a group. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, You know, I think everyone, you know, feels that they're entitled to, you know, to speak up and, and, you know, be a leader and everyone's, uh, cause we're such a tight knit group, you know, everyone's comfortable with, with each other and everyone, you know, is, feels comfortable to, to speak out and, and give feedback and, you know, just be a leader in their own way. And I think, you know, Cade Brand being our skipper this year, but unfortunately not being able to play just due to, um, you know, ongoing concussion, um, problems at the moment, I think, you know, it's allowed all, all, all the boys to, you know, kind of step up, um, in his absence and, um, you know, I've tried to step up as as well, especially in the back line, and we've got a pretty young defensive group as well. So just trying to keep you know those boys you know comfortable and and up and about when things probably aren't going our way, um, to not going our shells and, and things like that as well. So it's been good. Now, Mins, we, I, I spoke about the intro. There's an ambassador for um, diabetes, which is fantastic, but also graphic design. I've just had a quick look at your LinkedIn. Now, this isn't just any old graphic designer here. We're talking about um, this young man here actually doing some graphic design for the French Open with Roland Garros. Is this legit? I mean, how did this come about? That's unreal. I think, um, well, who asks me that? And it's, I'm just, what I do is I just put out emails and, and things like that. And I think because it's in high demand at the moment, um, you know, all organisations are willing you know, to have people help and assist in any way. And, you know, with, yeah, with graphic design, I love not just like sport, sport design, you know, love all like product design and, and especially with posters and things like that. And, um, you know, I follow obviously like AFL clubs, they have, you know, their own obviously graphic designers. They make, they try and take it another, another level with yep, their game day posts and things like that. And uh, Adelaide, like I've had a lot of conversations as well. Like I know Adelaide United have Jared Pettit. Yeah, he's unreal. He's, you know, he's game day posts. Yeah. Like they try and take it another level. It's like they have a bit of a comp with each other, but yeah, that's, it's, it's good. So I get a lot of feedback and, and things like that. So I've worked a lot, you know, really hard on it. Um, but yeah, now I've got obviously trying to work here up some clients and things like that as well. And, you know, I love, um, love the sport aspect, you know, a bit of Collingwood and, you know, whenever there's something involved with Westies with training sessions, things like that, I'll try and get the AFL clubs. Um, permission and that to do a bit of work as well. So with West Coast and, and Collingwood with their open training sessions, you know, here in Adelaide, are trying to yeah, do a mock-up poster and things like that. That is really cool. So well, I can't even use Microsoft Paint. <laughs> I struggle. <laughs> it is a challenge for me as well. But um, so we'll see Joshie on the West Adelaide books next year as a graphic designer, not actually as a player. Absolutely, for the team mate. next year. But um, far out. Let's move on to this weekend. We, while she touched on it briefly before, that it won't be hard to stop Glenelg off the back of kicking 150 points. <laughs> How do you stop them? I know it's a, a much deeper answer than that, but uh, is there a focus that you have to take away to stop this team? Well, like I said, it, it's like, what do you stop? They've got so many, I think, you know, strengths um, in there you know, at the moment. And I think, 
Um, you know, their ball movement, I think they like to use the corridor um, a, a lot. So if we can try and take the you know, corridor away and try and slow down their ball movement and, you know, make force them to kick long down the line, um, you know, give ourselves time to, to set up and, and try and, you know, get them get them caught out on the other end, um, I think is, is what we need to try and do. And they're obviously in some good form and they're going to be up and about um, coming into Highsense Stadium on Saturday. So I think we just got to, you know, bring the... Bring the contest, bring the heat early, um, right from the start, and um, yeah, hopefully have a be with them in the, during the first quarter because we don't want them to, you know, obviously get a good start, kick starting. So um, yeah, get a good crowd down there, and um, yeah, hopefully make a good contest of it. Um, they're going to be hard to stop, but you know, uh, we're pretty confident at the moment. We've had it, we had a good, good training session last night, so yeah, we're looking forward to the contest. Well, good luck. The way that the uh, ladder's working at the moment is you're one game out of the top five, which is unreal the way <laughs> yeah. that the uh, host plus Sandville League is kind of feeling its way through for the rest of the year, which is awesome. Um, Josh Ryan from West Adelaide. Uh, congratulations on everything you're doing off the field, mate, which is awesome, but on the field as well. And um, as I've spoken to men's about to represent your state, um, and you know, you're Victorian though, aren't you? I'm Victorian. Yeah, yeah but uh, I, I love the fact that you spoke so passionately about wearing the South Australian oh. Guernsey as well, which is, which is, I mean, Mildura is basically in South Australia <laughs> anyway. Is, yeah. It's kind yeah, of on the border of everything. We'll count it. WA and Northern Territory. Mildura <laughs> is just kind of there. Um, thanks for your time on the Sample Show. Uh, no worries, guys. Thanks for having me. We are going to get into Dan Menzel's power rankings next, and then we'll find out uh, what some clubs can expect over the past cu- or the, the upcoming rounds of the season as well. I love a Dan Menzel deep dive. It's a Dan deep dive. It's a deep dive with Dan. The alliteration. It is. <laughs> I'm so fatigued because I watched the cricket last night. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League back. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Been a very big show too, finding out what our guest's favourite lollies are, as we are saying valet to fantails. Uh, Jared Walsh and Dan Menzel here. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Before your power rankings, Menz, you wanted to do a bit of a deep dive into the second half of the season because we are at the halfway point. We are at the halfway point. So let's have a look at one interesting stat for each team heading into their back half of their season. We'll start with Norwood. Now, Norwood are just two games out of the eight. They take on Sturt, Glenelg, and Eagles over the next three weeks. So if they can get one or two wins from that, then their remaining five games are against teams that are all around them on the ladder. So it would effectively mean that their own fate is in their own hands. So for Norwood fans out there, grab one or two wins in the next three, and you are still every chance to play finals this season. I like that. See, it's so close. What can you tell us about North Adelaide? In terms of defense for North Adelaide, 67 points is their magic number. So in the first four rounds of this season, they went three and one. No team kicked more than 67 points against North Adelaide in the first four rounds. Since round four, no team has kicked under 67 points. That is six straight weeks where they've conceded 67 or more. And in that span, they've gone one win and five losses. So instead of a Ted Lasso believe sign at prospect, Jacob (laughs) Surgeon might have the number 67 as the boys get ready to run out. Um, The Panthers have been... Really challenged this season, disappointing for the women a few weeks ago. It, uh, I mean, it's tough for the men too. It is. It's been inconsistent all year for the Panthers, and that's the tail of the tape for them. And let's have a look at their scores each week. It's just a fluctuation in terms of how they are going, in particular in offense each week. So since round one through to nine, these are their scores they put on the board each week. 72, 56, 74, 50, 45, 74. 
49, 78, 56. So they effectively have one good week where they kick 10-plus goals, and then the next week they struggle to kick five or six goals. Really enjoyed speaking to Josh Ryan from West Adelaide. We'll chuck that up on the podcast too. Westies, what about their next couple of games? Yeah, so three of their next four games are at home for West Adelaide. It's great for West Adelaide fans. It means that uh, as they're only a game outside the top five, they are every chance to push for finals. The caveat to that is they take on Sturt, Glenelg and Centrals in the next three. And for Port Adelaide, who have been pretty good over the past few games, obviously a bit of a stumble to Norwood on the weekend. What are they looking like? Yeah, well, for Port fans, and you're impartial, but I guess you'd probably say that you're aligned with Port Adelaide with the work you do there. You won't have to travel much in the second half of this season. Five of their next six games are at home. Four at Alberton, one's at Adelaide Oval, and the other one is at Woodville. So if you're a Port Adelaide member out there and you live at Alberton, you'll be going all of about 10 kilometres over the next six weeks. It's a little bit different for the people that live in Elizabeth that want to see Central's play as we have a look at the doggies. <laughs> That's a great segue into the doggies. Um, this is an interesting stat. They are 5-1 and one at home this season. They are 0-4 and four away from home. They play their next three games away from ex-convenience oval. So if they want to play finals this year, and we spoke with Jez McLennan a couple of weeks ago, and he said that is the absolute goal. They need to learn how to start winning away from home. Now, you wouldn't even know what a home ground looks like when you talk about Woodville West Torrens, but it's a good back end of the season for the Eagles. Beautifully done. Seven of the last eight games for the Eagles are at home. So there has been only a couple of home games this year for Eagles. With seven of the last eight, you would think that finals is the absolute minimum from here. What about the top three? Start us off with the double blues. Yeah, so the double blues, after having the best offense in the comp over the first four rounds, they have dropped back to third in offense. And in part of this is because of their inaccuracy at goal. They have kicked 30 goals and 46 behinds in their last month of footy. So they need to fix up their accuracy at goal, their entries inside 50, to be able to contend with the top two teams. And Adelaide, who are pushing for finals, they want to lock away a final spot. And we saw last week, and speaking to Mickey Godden, they want to win finals. They do. And we, we spoke about North Adelaide. 67 was the number for them in terms of to get to for Adelaide. 15 is the number. And what that is, is if they traditionally have more than 15 AFL-listed players playing on the weekend, they win. Before we get into your power rankings, Glenelg is scary good at the moment. They are going extremely well at the moment, as they did a couple of years ago. It's reminiscent of that. And they are finishing games similarly to that season in 2021. They've outscored opponents by 84 points in the last quarter, so they are running over teams this year. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Dan Mendel, power rankings time as we wrap up the Sandful show. So let's get straight into it. Yeah, we won't spend as long on this week with the split round, but Norwood are at number 10. They had a big second half, as we've mentioned. They've strung two in a row, and they are getting closer to moving up the rankings. Number nine. North Adelaide were better on the weekend, but they lost their, they've lost four of their last five, and all have been pretty convincing too. Who's at number eight? South didn't play. They stay at number eight. Okay, and at number seven. 
West Adelaide stays at seven as well. No game on the weekend, so I can't move them. That's good because it would have been strange if you moved them like three spots down because they didn't play on the weekend. <laughs> so I like it because this is highly spoken about your power rankings at number six. At number six is Port Adelaide. I had to move them down a spot because they had no wood where they wanted them, but they couldn't win that game. So I've moved them down a ranking. Halfway through the Sandful table, who's at number five of your power rankings? Central State uh, move up to number five. They had a really good win in horrific conditions, but we've mentioned that they played Six games at home and only four away. I need to see them win it away to move up the rankings. And at number four? Eagles will stay at number four. Uh, they lost to Centrals on the weekend, but they beat them a month ago at home with a good run to come. It looks like you have not much movement at the top. So give us your top three starting in third position. Sturder at third. They were challenged on the weekend and were trailing at half time to North Adelaide, but they showed their class in the second half and they stay at number three. And number two? Adelaide didn't play on the weekend. They stay at number two. That means the Bays are on top still. The Bays didn't play, but they are convincingly the number one seed at the moment. Well, they're going to be facing West Adelaide this weekend. Who wins that really quickly, men's? Uh, Glenelg, too hard to tip against them. And will Adelaide, they go in favourite against South, will they get the points? They'll like the big deck at Flinders University, Adelaide. I think they'll win. That's going to be a really interesting end to the round. It's been great speaking with you once again. You can always listen to the podcast. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Listen to SENSA all weekend as well if you want to hear some coverage. Men's, I'll catch you next week and good luck. Thanks, Walsh. You know the cracking show. See you next week.